You're listening to the Global Inclusion and Practice Podcast, sharing the stories of DEI changemakers around the world. Vivian Aqua and Marjolein Vlug bring you behind-the-scenes stories and kitchen table conversations about the personal perspectives of DEI professionals, representatives, advocates, and allies, talking about what matters in this work and what sustains us in creating lasting change. There are many of us working on creating a more inclusive world. Let's share our stories. We're in this together. We are excited to have you as our guest. And can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, of course. And thank you for having me, first of all. It's great to be here. My name is uh, Solman Sana. I always try to say when you say my name, say Solman and Man in Dutch. Man, Mm -hmm. Moon is a good way of trying to remember it. Otherwise, it, some people start calling me salmon like the fish, which uh, <laughs> is just it's, it's experience that has shown me to try to explain mm-hmm. it a bit better. A little bit about myself. I think what I would consider myself to be is a very curious, open, and a person that loves connection or loves to explore the, what connection actually means, both in my personal life, but also in professional life. It's got a big focus point. I work as a as a process artist as someone once called me which means that i go into companies and organizations and teams and see what kind of culture that they have and how to go from the culture that it is right now to where you want to go and mm-hmm. the needed interventions and methodologies that are needed in order to get a team or organization to either be more connected to feel more included uh, that there's actually this sense of belonging that is broadly felt and i think there's a there's a few other and activities that I have within my life next to being a, next to being a, a father and a very proud one at that uh, with a daughter who's almost one years old, who uh, takes a lot of my uh, heart space up um, mm-hmm. gladly as well. I am also a board member of TEDx Amsterdam. It's a yearly event that we organize around about the fall. So we'll be having another one at the end of this year in November 2023. And a part of TEDx Amsterdam, which is about a platform for the spreading of of, of ideas, uh, getting not speakers together that really are trying to have an impact on the world and giving them a spotlight and a podium, as well as an impact program, which is about trying to support pioneers and initiatives that are also trying to make the world a better place. So we have different initiatives happening on that level. I also work as a speaker and a moderator uh, for a series of different events. So. On the moderation side, it's actually hosting events, but on the speaker side, on topics of either it's uh, culture and culture within an organization, so topics such as diversity, equity, and inclusion, and belonging. But also, I have a fascination with what it means to tell your story, so formats of storytelling. And um, another one, which is kind of a, a one that I'm developing more, let's just say, on the background, but has more to do with how to transform frustrations into a positive and constructive force. So how to use the things that we frustrate us either in our personal or professional life and what we can do to actually make them uh, something that we can use when we're trying to create a change. That's interesting, especially the last part, because, you know, with the challenges that the DEI domain is facing right now, where different yeah. people are being laid off, but also the DEI fatigue that is happening, that we need different perspective. We need to look at this topic in a different way. And it's valuable that you are converting frustration into change so that we embackle that on a different way. So thank you. Yeah. 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 I, it, to be honest with you, that it's, I think it just comes from, and most of the stuff, it comes from my own frustration. It comes from my mm-hmm. own things that I'm working with. 
And because of the fact that I'm struggling with it myself, the only thing that I can do at that moment is ask myself the question, where is it coming from? What's it triggering? What's the root of it? And what's, why is this actually really important? And usually when I get to that root cause and the same thing that I would do also with those that I work with, you notice that there's something bigger happening there and it wouldn't bother you if it wasn't important. That's kind of, I think, something that we can assume. And from there, if you get there, the people are like, oh, but it's important because this isn't the way it should be or a situation should be different or there should be mm-hmm. more equity, justice, whatever maybe this is. And then you get people to a different level. And I, li- I, I like to work from that source. That's uh, for myself, but also for those that uh, are, are, are struggling with something. Yeah. You're such a multifaceted, multi-talented as well, multi-dimensional person, in, you know, in your whole life and work, but also what you said about your personal life. What is what is one key thing that you would love people to know about what it's like to work with you? So I, it's hard, hard to put it down to one key thing, but I think one of the things is that the people that I work with until now, my least my experience has been is that I just, I care and I care deeply. So I, I am very privileged to have worked with different individuals that maybe started as a working relationship, but, but they became very good friends. And mm-hmm. I've had that multiple times with different teams. And I think of like the different teams that I've worked with in the last 15, 20 years, every time I've worked with a team, like with two people running a project or running a team or uh, setting something up, it's just, they've become good friends or, and, I think it's because I just care. I care about what Mm -hmm. we're doing. And I think connected to that one is, for me, the mission and the reason we're doing it is more important than the cause or effect. Because the cause or effect, of course, is what you want. And sometimes, you know, when when you're starting a company or organization, you're thinking about growth, you're thinking about, for me, which is, of course, logical. For me, it's more about what's the mission? What am I trying to create? What am I trying to put into the world? Because on the other side, it's not really about me. It's about what I'm trying to change, what I'm, the movement I'm trying to create. Care and you connect. Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, I try to at least. Yeah, I can, I'd have to. Those people that I work with would have to respond to that. Yeah, <laughs> you're more. You know, connection comes <laughs> yeah. from both sides. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah exactly. But I, yeah, I, I do. Say, yeah, hey, I'm connected. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> what are you talking about? When it comes to your corner, your flavor, your speciality within DEI, yeah. what would you share with the audience? So if I, if, I, if I zoom out for a moment, I think the beauty of the people of doing work within DEI is I've seen is that everyone does it in their own way. And that's amazing mm-hmm. because it shows me that I, I think there's enough to do for everyone working on it. And I say if they're doing that in, in, a, in a place of, you know, with good intention and integrity, I want to just put that there because I've seen the other side too, which is, you know, I, I leave them to their own path. But I think <laughs> <laughs> I, that's me trying to be diplomatic. Mm-hmm, uh, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so I see how everyone does it in their own way. And my way is a few ways because I – I have a background of being a facilitator and a consultant and a trainer. So I like to move teams and organizations and kind of look at it in that format. Like, okay, what is needed? What questions need to be asked? What conversations Mm -hmm. need to be had? But how do we go from these conversations and dialogues to real action and implementation? And I feel like often we think about like this, oh, the policy needs to change. It does. HR needs to change. The financial incentives need to change. All of that structurally definitely all needs to change. And I've noticed that there's also much more subtle, almost invisible things that can take place that can change the way people are interacting with each other, whether it's the way people greet each other or 
moments that you can create where people can share intimate stories with each other going, holy crap, I did not know that about you or that has given me new insights. And I think that's something that is my way of, so like, for example, if, just if I step into an organization and I'm thinking of one that I'm working with right now, I look at what they have planned and what's going on throughout their whole calendar year. And instead of saying, we're going to do a whole trajectory parallel to that, which is, of course, very logical for if you're working with a bigger firm. But I just try to see, OK, what are small tweaks that we can do to the current mm -hmm. activities, to the current town halls or the current moments of the whole team comes together of 150 or 180 people together? And how can we use these moments where people can connect on a different way? How can we use these moments to create more inclusion? And that's, you know, uh, I feel I, I like that part. So it's me trying to tinker within a certain framework that already exists. And of course, there's next to that to say, okay, you know, what are, what are actual masterclasses sessions that I can hold next to that to help create the awareness? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's me working with things, smaller and larger teams. And, um, right now, I think one of the things that, that's my well, speciality is how to spread this even further. So I'm also developing an online course where I want it on the one side for people that were interested to be able to follow it. But I also have like this asterisk that I want to put there saying, okay, if you cannot buy or pay, the, pay for the course, I want you just to say, I'm super interested and how can I apply and that I can just give you access so, because you're motivated. So for mm -hmm. me, it's more about people just wanting to learn how to deal with this, how, which questions to ask and to be more skilled in it as well. well what lights you up when you do that? What lights me up? So letting the frustration behind and the people. Well, no, no, up. funny enough, not, not letting the frustration behind. I first would ah, say what lights are. me up is starting with the frustration. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's weird because I think you have to kind of go through without, this sounds very symbolic if I say this, you have to first go through the darkness before you get to the light. But I feel mm -hmm. like first pausing for a moment. Sounds epic okay. too. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, if we pause at like, okay, what's really frustrating? What's we, me at this moment? Mm -hmm. And yesterday I had a moment where I had a conversation at night where I realized I was getting kind of a little bit, I was struggling again with, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? And because I was able to go through that emotional process with myself, this is what it is. And this is why it's like really, you know, like it's literally uh, this nagging feeling that I have, you know, there's someone like biting at my ear or going like, you know, you should be doing something else or what are you actually doing and what purpose does this is all have? From there, I feel that's where like this kind of fire awakens within me going, oh, no, I know what I should be doing. And I know and I also know why I should be doing this. And if I work from that place, that lights me up. And I think what also lights me up connected to that would be seeing when a light bulb moment happens. And usually that's a moment of silence that people experience and they go. I don't know, it can be like I, I work with a team of late and then we were going through a certain part of the session and I showed a video and then everyone became silent. And I just saw a couple of people with tears in their eyes and it wasn't about what they said afterwards. It's just about that moment. Say, OK, something sunk in and whatever it is, a, a, a new awareness, then I can I can I can work with that. But I also have to be very sensitive because people are now in a new state. Their their perception is changing. Their paradigm is changing. and um Every time I think my paradigm changes to I'm learning about something about this topic every day. I do not know how to have every conversation. I do not know how to approach every single person from a different, diverse background. I am learning every time. So that lights mm -hmm. me up. Yeah. 
sounds like you're very perceptive as well because you need to notice when you see those you see those tears or you hear the silence rather than bulldozing over it yeah and you you you're perspective perceptive of that little voice nagging uh in your ear yeah if i may so yesterday mm-hmm. we were on a call with the, it was um i'll i'll, I'll um I have to leave out the context for a moment because it feels sure. like too much will be added to it. But we were on a call and during the call, something happened that I felt I think I should call out on it because I felt like maybe it was like edging towards a sexism. I wasn't sure. So I was WhatsApping to one of the people in between the call saying, hey, do you think that's what happened? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to bring it up. But I'm usually somebody that I freeze in a moment like that. I don't say anything. I just go, you know, I don't know what to say. And instead, I've chose and found a way to be able to speak out and say something about it. And that I think feel as well as it almost makes me tremble a little bit because I feel like, oh, I don't want to insult someone and I don't want to call someone out. But it is calling out what you need to call out at that moment, but doing so in a respectful way. Or as Anita, the person I just spoke to a little while ago, says in a gentle way. And I think that a gentle Mm -hmm. approach, I think, is what we also need. Hi, I'm Vivian Aqua, the Certified DEI Consultant, and I would like to invite you to take your organization to the next level of understanding by collaborating with me. I specialize in helping organizations amplify their DEI initiatives and foster an inclusive environment. Reach out today to learn how I can help your organization unleash its hidden potential and create a culture of belonging. What about the DEI work is important to you? You just said that you have become a dad. Yeah. Um, has that changed though? Absolutely. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I think, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, no. So I wrote a post, I wrote a post about that a while ago, which is mm-hmm. I, so I, I noticed for a moment, like, if she, you know, she was born and we're all elated. And I think me and my partner, we, we saw her one day and she was, I don't know, she was asleep and we were just looking at her and she has, of course, colored skin. And we know about the struggles that we went through too. So it also, it, 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 it makes me a little emotional thinking about it too right now because mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, please don't go through all the struggles that I had to go through. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't feel like you don't belong here or because somebody else who is you know, uh, blonde hair, blue eyed fits in more because you don't, you know, and that constant question that people give about where are you really from? I don't want you to experience that. And that, that hit me for a moment. Like, okay, but how can I create a world where you will not experience that? I don't know if I can. I know that definitely drives me. But I, I think it's, it's, it starts with my own awareness about it because I'm constantly stuck with my biases. I was in South Africa uh, last year. I step into a barber shop. Two uh, male barbers left and right. And the middle one is a female. The female doesn't have any clients. The left and male, they do. I'm eyeing them down to see if I want to actually get my hair cut by one of them. The, the, the female barber comes up to me. She says, would you like to get your hair cut? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'm looking, looking like, oh, but none of them are free. And then she looks at me and she goes, oh, would you rather be cut by one of them? And I, and I noticed at that moment, like, I just totally blew her off just because she's a, she's a woman. And at that moment, I just kind of went in a, like a weird fumbling. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. No, no, of course you can cut my hair because you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're a hairdresser too, right? And while I'm sitting there in the chair feeling like just absolute shit at that moment, going mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I, I had a moment of just me being, you know, a bias that I had at that moment. And so I had a wonderful conversation with her. But I think for me, it was good just to be aware of, OK, that moment happened. And I, I know she felt it, too. And to 
also, I think, and then I, I, I had to write about it and I think I shared something about it later on because I thought, okay, this is me just constantly trying to keep myself sharp because I just will constantly fall in this trap as well because of my own programming. I have to learn something again. So I think the, the reason why this work is important to me is because there's so much to do and no matter how aware you or woke you may be, whatever term you want to use, I think when you challenge yourself constantly, that's where I feel that real consciousness and awareness comes from. And I hope we can create a more conscious movement about this. Everyone just being more aware and saying, you can speak to me and speak out towards me that if I do something that is in any form negative or has a negative effect on you to say, hey, what you did or said, could you look at that again? Could you revisit that? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, I think why it's important to me, too. It just, yeah, it I, starts I totally get it. I, yeah. I get it from as a parent, but I also get it from people seem to think and sometimes there are DEI let's say professionals who walk the line of I know everything and I'm I'm, mm. I'm bias free, right? But we are all human. We all deal with biases. So what you are sharing about the reflection and challenging yourself from time to time to think about how you are mitigating your bias and do you know all your biases? It's, it's a great way to share your story about we are not bias free no. as DEI professionals. No, and I think that's why because of the background as a facilitator as well, while going through my own process, I feel like those two connect very well. I mean, I'm not a perfect individual. I've done the biases test. I definitely come out as biased. I'd be very surprised if somebody who doesn't, I'd be like, wow, you know, I just want to learn about your story then. And mm -hmm. I think from there, because I'm constantly trying to challenge and ask myself the questions, I, those are the same questions that I will then ask others saying, not perfect, trying to, I'm trying to figure this out too but let's explore this path together. And that's where I feel we can find each other much more. That's where you find each other as a human being. Do you have a role model in your work? Who's your DEI role model? Yeah, good question. I think I have, I have many. And I see figures that have been able to, to, to fight the good fight despite what they, you know, the, 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 the ramifications that they got for it. I mean, then I think, of course, larger figures such as, of course, the Martin Luther Kings and the Muhammad Ali's. And I say them specifically because Muhammad Ali living in the U.S. and saying he doesn't want to go to war. And that. But I want to make it much more like uh, what I find a beautiful example here in the Netherlands is, for example, Syl Sylvana Simons, who is in politics. Now, it's not per se about her political party as much as her as an individual walking her talk. Uh, talking. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, walking her talk. Yeah, that's what I, no. I said it the right way. I thought I said it. <laughs> So she's walking her talk. She she says and she stands for something and she'll call it out, too. And every time I see something like that, I see that as a beautiful example. But to be honest with you, I'm surrounded by beautiful role models, whether it's you two that I'm talking to right now. And I mean that not just because I'm on this, that we're having this conversation, but also people that I we just talked about, Anita or Bernice or Geraldine or other whole bunch of people that I'm just connected to, whether via LinkedIn and social media. And we just see things that we're doing constantly inspiring me, constantly making, waking me up to things that I'm thinking, oh yeah, thank oh good that you're all standing for this too. And uh, mm -hmm. I, not only does it inspire me, but I feel like, oh, these are the type of people that are like creating the ripple effects and makes it very real because it's very tangible because it's here on the ground. It's not this kind of big visionary, like, well, you know, I have a dream, which also is needed, mm -hmm. but it's this, we're doing it on the ground. And that's, that's what feels like I can learn a lot from that. And I do. That's how we inspire each other. Yeah.
And thank you for the compliment, by the way. I heard you. We heard you. What is a challenge that you are currently facing when it comes to DEI? So I, I think I've, I've, there, there's multiple levels when I think of that. Let's say on a very tangible work level, I sometimes struggle with how to get the message across, despite me having done this hundreds of times, realizing that it's hard to kind of get that people into a new paradigm. But I've, I'm still, mm -hmm. I think it didn't challenge me. If it was too, like it was easy, which it's not, I would also not be as intrigued or interested by it. I think that's one. I think the second thing is right now, I'm developing a course, which I'm hoping to roll out by September. But even while developing it, I'm realizing how can I help as many people as possible become more equipped with this topic? And then there's so much you can get into. It's such a broad top topic. There's so many, you know, like tangents you can go on. And I also kind of struggle with how do you make sure the essence of what is needed for people to know is there. So that's just me making choices. But I think on a very personal level, my biggest challenge is the knowledge or the, yeah, the knowledge of will I ever get to where I want the world to get to? And is it okay mm. for me to accept that? So I need to accept that not my generation, maybe not even the next generation, but maybe that generation after that will have a different experience that I'm having. So yeah, I think I, 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 I feel that. And I also, it drives me as well, that challenge. If I didn't have that, I feel like, yeah, it would, it would uh, not, not that it would not that it would be boring, but it, it pushes me even more to say, okay, I've got something to do here. The weirdest thing is that we don't know in a few generations from now what we planted today has no. become a tree then. No. We only see, you know, we only see the ground or the really tiny sapling coming up. But, you know, having, you know, the act of planting was essential in that tree being there. Yeah. There's another beautiful quote that it's, uh, it says something about people that those that plant trees that don't get to see it grow. Yeah. I, I look forward to trying to be one of those. I don't need to know what happens afterwards. I just hope that it has a positive impact. I'm, I'm um, hopefully seeing a big, big part of the first, first yeah. phase of growth already. Yeah. 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 When you're in the middle of all this, how do you recharge? What recharges your battery? I think what it starts with is me connecting more deeply with what's happening inside of me. If things are turmoil inside of me or if I'm too busy with what people think, the, the, the impact that I should be making or how to impress people or say, for example, I do stand in front of a boardroom and I've had those moments as well. And it's a, it's a, it's a demographically homogeneous group, let's just say uh, middle-aged white men, if that's uh, often the case, and which is an absolutely uh, logical scenario for me. Is, yeah, statistically <laughs> it is. So I'm, I'm not saying anything weird there because it just is. For me, it's not to stand there and say, I need to convince or impress you. For me, it's to stand there and say, be connected to who I am, what I believe in, and what I know, and what I have experience in, knowledge and skills in. And to trust that and from the, to work from there. One of my other, I think, bigger motivations is, uh, is definitely the home and my, my, my daughter and my partner. My partner is somebody who we can sometimes be both up in the middle of the night and then we're in the kitchen just while our daughter is asleep, just having these really deep conversations about stuff. 
And I love that about us because we, we go deep, we listen to each other, we share our experiences, but we also really try to challenge each other to say, hey, where is this coming from? Is this ego? Is this, uh... and then sometimes you're like, oh man, I don't want to, I don't want to think about this right now, but just because I have someone who reflects that part of me so confrontationally in a, in a positive way, <laughs> it keeps me, uh, it doesn't only keep me sharp, but it keeps me energized. It keeps me motivated. But I think other things that recharge me is uh, the friendships that I have around me, beautiful, beautiful friendships I have around me, uh, people that I don't feel like I need to maintain those friendships because they just are. They know who I am. They know that uh, sometimes I have a very busy, hectic life. And when I have space and time for them, that I'll be there with them as well. And that's just the this kind of feeling of acceptance that people have for you, that I accept them as well for who they are. And nothing needs to change. You don't need to do anything, you know, to maintain that relationship. I love that. That That's just, that's gold for me. Yeah beautiful way of putting it you just are right yeah yeah when you look at yourself sitting in a rocking chair at a certain age uh at 98 years old what do you see from there looking Mm, back i just feel like the work won't be done and that's Mm -hmm. okay i just hope that i've been able to go through life having experienced it and been as present as possible while doing it that i don't get wrapped up in the the doing and you know uh and and missing moments of connection and family and i hope i just don't miss all that but i also hope that i've yeah oh yeah that was it i, I was i was there was this beautiful passage that i had, I had read or seen on a video which was i just want to feel used up mm-hmm. and i need that i just would feel like everything that i have in me has mm-hmm. been used. Every mm-hmm. knowledge, experience, thoughts, things, whatever, it's all used up. So by the end of it, and I'm looking back, I'm, I'm on my rocking chair, I can just say, I gave it everything. It's all there. I've been, mm-hmm. I've been here. I did it. And for whatever phase comes after that, and whatever you may believe in, it's good. You know, I, I can go and, 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 and I don't, I don't care about riches and all that stuff. I just hope that I gave it everything and that I'm just yeah. all, I'm all done. That's beautiful. I'm going to remember that and bring it into mm-hmm. coaching sessions because this shows up all the time. I'm going to listen to this episode because so much. Yeah, I'll send it a quote that I saw come by on, on Instagram mm-hmm. and I think I saved it, but I'll send it through. Um, it was uh, Jeff Goldblum who, uh, who, who, who he wrote, wrote, spoke out a passage, which is just mm-hmm. like, I hope that I'm done and I'm all used up. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. Great. Well, this was a surprise for me, you know, bringing this into my work. But what is the biggest surprise that you uh, can think of right now that has showed up in your life? The biggest surprise? Well, I'm not sure if it's a surprise as much as me being reminded that I have judgments too. And I say that because, so I could, there's surprises that come to mind with people having these aha moments and going like, oh, and then, 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 then being a revelation and then they want to change things. So I have those. Although if I think of the biggest surprise for me has to do with what I go through. So this is about four or five years ago. We were holding a program back in the consultancy that I was working back then at Better Future. And we were working with newcomers. And one of the newcomers, he was from Syria and he'd been in the Netherlands for six years and he hadn't learned the language yet. So during our conversation, I was kind of a little bit like, 
you know, Duke, you've been here for six years. Why not learn the language and try to really become a part of the society and integrate? This is me saying this. And I, I noticed and the way he answered, like almost like, ah, oh, nah, it's fine. And everyone speaks English and very like kind of light about it and annoyed me. I was like, no, wait, no, 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 no. You, you, th this is, this is an effort needed here. Why aren't you putting the effort in? So I didn't have that conversation with him. I was just frustrated about it. So then later on that evening, so we had a two day program later on that evening. I'm like, you know, going back and forth with a, with a co-facilitator and I'm just like, yeah, I don't, don't get it. Uh. So just trying to be very honest that I was feeling something instead of just kind of leaving it bottled up. Checking and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Checking yeah. It. And, 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 and then at a certain point, I was also kind of thought like, maybe you need to explore a little bit further where it comes from. So then mm -hmm. I, that was very, you know, valid point. I go back to him and I have a deeper conversation. I'm like, Hey, I want to understand why you didn't learn the language. And first he again, just, you know, pushes it away. Like, no, you know, just it's fine. And everyone speaks English and it's all good. So the deeper conversation that I had with him and that I was able to hold the space to say, no, no, I really want to understand something. So try to go beyond my own frustration. At a certain point, we got to the conversation where he said, to be honest with you, my kids have now learned the language and they're speaking fluently. And I've just fallen to after the second year, I fell into shame about the fact that I couldn't learn it. And I've not been able to get over that part. And that was for me going, holy crap, here's me judging you, which, of course, only creates more shame from the exterior point and you're stuck with an emotion that I have no idea about. So to start where somebody else is, is my learning. And that's my biggest, I'm not sure if it's a surprise, but it's a definitely the biggest insight that I have. So no matter which people I work with, I try to remember where are they starting? Because if I try to start from where I think they should be, I'm going to be disappointed every time. But if I start from where they are, then we can get to a whole new space together. And I need to be able to be there, the person to say, what's your starting point? When you connect with what, them. Yeah, what you are saying right now, it feeds into the whole empathy, right? Walking a mile in somebody else's shoes so that yeah. they understand you, but also you understand them. Hey, are you ready to rediscover focus, clarity and resilience? so that you can be a stronger change maker for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. I am Marie Lagfleur, I'm a certified coach. And whether you're getting started in DEI or are further along in your journey, I can support you to take your work to the next level. With me as your ally, you can gain clarity on your next initiatives or career goals, make intentional choices, stay accountable to them, deal with the intensity of the work and create real change. Let's talk. I'd love to learn more about you. Reach out, book a chat. I'm curious about what's next for you. So on the one side, I think, <laughs> inside joke about some signs that we have to give each other. So on the one side, I think it's, I have this online course, which is for me a way to kind of, I don't have enough hours in the day to be able to share the knowledge and experience that I have. So I want to be able to do that in this format. And I feel that like this format very much helps in that. So I'm very happy that I'm busy with it. It is a crap ton of work and I am learning new things about how to develop something from scratch, which is a great process. And I'm working with amazing people that are helping with that. So that's can one I, can thing. Can I pause you there? Because yeah. we're recording this early. By the time, hello listeners out there, by the time you're <laughs> listening to this, this course will be out there. Go and oh, go and right. find it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Put that up yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Click on the link. Uh, and no, I don't know the publishing date. I just no. know 
your course will be live. Okay, well, then it will be live. But I think more than that, though, where what's next for me is I, I, I want to see movements happening around us, bigger, broader movements where people that believe in this topic, people that feel there's an awareness that can they can start to gather more, share more with each other. But I just want to hear more stories and I want those stories to mm -hmm. be told. And I feel the more stories I hear, the more insights I get, and the more stories everyone hears, the more insights we get. So well, what's next for me is to continue pushing on this mission, and uh, it's going to have different ways that it's going to come into existence uh, and, and, and unfold. And I feel like that's going to be, yeah, in, 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 I'm, I'm going to be, in some way or form, going to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, but uh, there's, uh, there's a few initiatives that I'm busy with right now that I'm a part of that. I can't say much about yet because it's still forming, but uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what really uh, both inspires me, but also makes it a little bit exciting. Uh, the, the, the Dutch word spannend makes it is a nice description. Spannend's like exciting and nervous at the same time. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that's where I am right now. Scary exciting. Yeah, scary exciting. Scary <laughs> like exciting. In a good way, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like fun. What would be your recommendation for our listeners to for stuff that they should read, watch, listen to? Yeah. What's your tip? Yeah, so so I have a tip for I think different groups of people. And I'll say mm -hmm. you have cool. those that are that are the maybe the DEI call them those that are more qualified working with the topic, working with other people. I feel for for those people, I would say just to continue doing, you know, doing a lot of reading and listening. And I try to do listen to a different podcast of people working on the topic so that I can continue to learn. I think that's that goes beyond anything that you've like, Vivian, you said it beautifully, which is you can never know everything. You cannot be like, I'm there. I'm not biased anymore. I don't believe that. So I hope you can constantly challenge yourself and also be open about what you're challenging yourself with. That's do you the have first. A favorite, do you have a favorite right now that you're now sending to everyone? Oh, you should listen to this one or read this. Do I have a favorite? So there's a series of articles that I kind of read up, which is like, for example, McKinsey and Forbes and whatnot, and I collect mm -hmm. them together and I share them often just to kind of mm -hmm. give people like this, uh, hey, here's a few articles that have to do with why diversity is good for business and, you know, different elements that have to do with, you know, that why when it comes to gender, when it comes to uh, diverse backgrounds, or when it comes to neurodiversity, mm -hmm. those those are the kind of articles that, uh, that that I have at least listed up that that I usually try to share. By the way, oh yeah, another uh, inspiration for me is also Tristan Lavender. He's uh, works at Philips and he's very much promoting the whole uh, neurodiversity, and he does it in a in a, an incredible way, both as a photography and the storytelling. Anyway, just another person that mm -hmm. had to pop up next to the other superheroes. Another one I think which really helps is, and I'm, I'm kind of a bit two-sided about this, is there's this kind of video on YouTube which you can find called The $100 Race where there's this coach and he stands in front of a group of uh, college students and they say, hey, this is, a dollar for, this is a race for $100. And then he asks questions and then if you say yes, then you get to take two steps forward. And every time it's like, you know, that both your parents are still, uh, you know, married, that you didn't have to worry about tuition, that your mobile phone was never shut off or, or your phone wasn't shut off, that you never had to help with paying bills. I just notice a certain demographic that stayed back on the line. Now, then they have to run the race, and you notice that that usually awakens quite a lot of emotions. But there's two sides to that. And I think the two sides are, one, yes, it's good for awareness to realize that there's a lack of equity. But two, I don't feel like we should fall back into this kind of 
who is the victim role mm -hmm. because that can be a problem as well. Like, yeah, but they don't understand. And this has been happening for years. And I go, yes. And that's part where I get fascinated with the frustration because I think, okay, what well, frustrates you is great, but don't get stuck in it. This is the mm -hmm. part where we need to kind of be, be with it, be okay with that emotion. But then it's learning about where does it come from? What's the root? Why is it important? And then from there to transform it. So mm -hmm. that, that's just another example of a resource, but, I'm just trying to think. There's also some podcasts that I've listened to that have also helped. I don't have them as sharp as mine, but I can. If there's any links, I can definitely share them with you. And there's a link and we'll yeah, add yeah, yeah, yeah. them. There will be rich show notes yeah. For, yeah. for this episode and everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. So you've said a lot. You talked about your fatherhood. You talked about the things that you are working on your course. But what is important for others within the eye to remember? I think. We have at this point, this point in our life in 2023, May, we have coined diversity, equity and inclusion as a topic so that people can recognize what it is. And even while developing the course, somebody was even asking, saying, but why are not we talking about diversity and belonging? Hmm. And that was a very good point. I'm like, yeah, why aren't we? And then I noticed that there is also this, what are people understanding? So what is their mm -hmm. language that they're using? I think it's good to start with the language that they're using. Because mm -hmm. once you start using different language, people first have to translate and say, I'm sorry, I don't understand. And then you, you get to a conversation, which is very hard to kind of get through. Start with where is everyone, where is the person that you're working with, whether it's a team or a particular you know, individual, see what it is that they are familiar with or they've experienced. So a question that I often ask in sessions is, when have you ever felt excluded, but when have you excluded someone yourself? And by that, I get people to understand that at moments we've excluded people. Maybe that you're with a, in an international environment and you found Dutch people, you're speaking Dutch with each other, and then somebody wants to enter the conversation, but they don't, and they step back because they realize they don't want to disturb the group of people speaking. This happens a lot within international companies here in the Netherlands. And I think that's where we need to remember that we need to start where people are. Are they aware that that's happening? Are they, you know, are, can we start there? And from there, I think when we start there, we can make small steps going forward. So, yeah, the biggest thing to, to, to remember is the language you use, what someone's starting point is, and making small steps is still progress. As, as frustrating as it may be, making small steps is progress. And that's how I also try to get a level of acceptance of that, too, by the end of the day. And I come home and I go, I have no idea if I had any influence. And to say, well, even a small step. Even if it, the penny drops weeks and months and years later, yeah, I hope I did. And maybe just one last thing that comes to mind is DEI starts with yourself. I mm -hmm. have to start with myself. At least that's my approach. If I start talking from a high and mighty position or I, what I learned, read in a book or a textbook or what scientific research says, and which, by the way, I do quote sometimes about what researchers do say, I need to start with my own experience because how are you going to relate otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. It has been insightful. I've learned so many other things about you that I didn't know. And I hope that I hope that the audience is asking the questions or also connecting with you via LinkedIn or via other platforms. Yeah. And I'm curious about your upcoming course as well. So thank you. Thank you. I, I just want to say uh, so funny talking about this out loud with the two of you as the mm -hmm. ambassadors and champions in this topic as well. It only just motivates me more. And I just wanted mm. to say that because 
it really feels like, oh, thank God there's more of us that are yeah. trying to do something more in this topic. And it just feels like there's more shoulders coming next to each other saying, all right, we can carry this together. Let's do this. And uh, I want to thank you both for that. Thank you for, for, for being on our show because there are other people hearing you say this and thinking, oh, yes, thank God there's other people <laughs> having these conversations, thinking these thoughts, figuring this stuff out, mm. planting those seeds, yeah. watering them, not knowing what's going on in the ground. Thanks for being an inspiration. Thanks for the lovely conversation. Thank you, too. Thank you for listening. You're warmly invited to pause for a moment and think about what stood out to you from this conversation. Please share this episode with others to inspire them too. Make sure to subscribe to our Substack channel. We'll be back soon with more episodes. Be well, take care, and stay connected.